0: Hey, this is Jerry Aiken, pastor at Pierce Chapel in Columbus, Georgia. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast wherever you may be. I hope that you find the Word presented here engaging, informative, and challenging in your walk with Christ. Please check us out online at piercechapel.com. The scripture this morning comes from the book of James. This is from the first chapter, and it's just two verses, verses 19 through 20. It says, You must understand this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, for human anger does not produce God's righteousness. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I'm excited about uh, what we'll be doing over the course of the next few weeks. We're starting a new series today. Uh, if you have ever served on a uh, committee at Pierce Chapel or ever attended uh, sort of a business type meeting at Pierce Chapel, you know that we always open by reciting what we call the heart principles, And this is uh, just sort of preparing us for being able to listen to each other and to extend God's grace and love to each other. So over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to talk about what it means to live into the heart principles. But not only that, we're also going to look at uh, the scripture and see if uh, what we claim in the heart principles lines up with what God is telling us in the Bible. Spoiler alert, they line up pretty well. That's, that's why we continue to hold on to these heart principles. And I know sometimes we say things so many times they sort of become routine. And we, words lose their meaning over time, especially when we just recite something that we've memorized. So I'm hoping that these next few weeks will be a chance for us to dive deeply into every single one of these principles. And, and look at how God is challenging us to grow in our relationships with each other. Uh, by uh, enacting and living into the heart principles. But we're going to start off, we'll do this every week. We'll start off by joining together and saying the heart principles. And again, you may be very familiar with these or you may be hearing them for the first time. But if you would join me, please, in, uh, in saying the heart principles. Hear and understand me. Even if you disagree, please don't make me wrong. Acknowledge that I am a beloved child of God. Remember to look for my loving intentions and tell me the truth with compassion. These are all very important principles, uh, but today we will be uh, zooming in on that first one, hear and understand me. But before that, I wanna give you a little bit of a history about the heart principles, how they came to be here, uh, why uh, we, we use them, how they came to be in the first place. The heart principles actually weren't uh, thought of by a church or by a pastor or any type of religious or spiritual organization at all. Uh, They come from a book called Managing from the Heart. And this book was written in the early 90s by a group, you see several authors listed there at the bottom, but it was by a group called the Atlanta Consulting Group. And this book was initially written to help corporations, to help businesses uh, be more effective by allowing the employees, especially lower level employees, to feel like they have a voice. Um, You can still order this book online from Amazon. It's not a very good book. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it, it is. It, the heart principles come from it. That's, that's the best thing about this book, and, uh, and certainly uh, we, we will get more into that. But the book is actually um, told in the form of a fictional story about this man named Harry who uh, runs a refinery. And Harry has this near-death experience. The stress is just too much for him, and, and he's trying to keep his business uh, running effectively, and, and he, he has heart trouble. And, and as he has that near-death experience, he has what could be described as an Ebenezer Scrooge episode. The, a spirit comes to him and tells him, uh, look, if you want to live and be healthy, and if you want to be more successful in your business, here are some principles to live by. And she sort of guides him through the heart principle. So it's this fictional story. It's a little bit cheesy, but there are some great truths in it called the heart principles. Now, you may notice there's one small difference there. If you look for, uh, at the third one, acknowledge the greatness within me. Of course, we say acknowledge that I'm a beloved child of God. And we'll get to that in a few weeks, but that just shows you that this, this came from a corporate setting. This wasn't written by the church at all. It's just something that we have used. So how did they become a part of what we do? Well, some of you might remember years ago Bishop Watson who came to the South Georgia Conference of the United Methodist Church. And Bishop Watson kind of brought in this managing from the heart theory in the way that he led the conference. And so he talked about the heart principles the late Brad Brady uh, was uh, served there in the cabinet. Was actually assistant to the bishop at one point, and Brad Brady would lead the administrative uh, uh, council and, and the cabinet in in the uh, declaration of the heart principles before each meeting. Uh, the South Georgia Conference lay leader, uh, Charlene Black, would open the conference with uh, the heart principles. And so that sort of trickled down and made its way into our churches, and that's why we use them today. So I tell you all of that just to sort of give you a background of how they got here. Um, and, and I think that that's a, a pretty uh, interesting story of, of how God uh, can can use something um, and and send it through the right channels to even affect and transform and shape uh, our current context today. So today we're looking at that first principle, uh, hear and understand me. Now, this is very important for the church because a church is a faith community. In order for us to build a community, a healthy community, we have to be able to hear and understand each other. Now, you don't go to church most likely so that you can get told. Like, I don't think many people come to church because they're itching to be corrected in their, their line of thinking. Now, maybe sometimes there, there is a, a desire for that and, and you need that direction. Of course, there are times where we all need reproof and, and, and direction. But most of us come to church because we recognize that this is a community of faith and we are trying to somehow grow together. We are trying to grow with each other, not to come and hear somebody else sound off and tell us how we need to be, but so that we can understand each other, we can hear from each other, we can learn and grow together. Every church has its own story, has its own history, and this community of faith has a story, but that story is made up of a bunch of little stories. Your story. And that's why it's important for us to gather in these small groups, Sunday Connections classes, community groups, fellowship opportunities, Bible studies. We offer all of these things because even though worship is very important, it conditions our hearts, we don't really get to exchange each other's stories and hear each other's stories until we are in those groups. And as we listen to each other, if we're truly listening, We begin to shape each other and feed each other and encourage each other. And God speaks to us through each other if we are truly listening. Of course, we have this knee jerk tendency to speak more than we listen. As I showed the kids with Mr. Potato Head, we're given two ears and one mouth, but sometimes we act like we have two mouths and one ear, right? Why is it that we do that? All of us fall into the trap sometimes of thinking that we are the center of the universe. And it's kind of a phenomenon, really, because the universe is huge. And there are billions and billions of people on this small planet. And in the grand scheme of things, Earth is a very small planet, and you are a very small part of it. And yet, we all tend to think that we're the center of it all. And that's because we can only perceive everything through our own senses, through our own ears, our own eyes. We form our own opinions. And so everything is channeled through our minds and our hearts, our being. And so to us, that's the most important thing. And we're kind of wired this way. I mean, God made us for self-preservation. He made us to be able to exist. So we we kind of have to be that way to a certain extent, but... Oftentimes, we get in the way of each other. Our selfishness gets in the way of relationships. Our selfishness gets in the way of being able to empathize and show compassion and show mercy. We become self-centered instead of other-centered, and so we don't even want to hear what the other person says. Our culture doesn't help It's told us that we all have a platform and we can sound off whenever we want to. Social media certainly has set the pattern for that, especially over the last decade or so. If you have something on your mind, something you feel passionately about, all you have to do is pull out your phone and just broadcast it to the world. And so we all feel like we have a platform for saying whatever we think. Now, I don't need to tell most of you that that can be pretty obnoxious. How many of you have known an athlete or an actor or a musician or somebody that you greatly admired for what they were good at who used their platform to sound off about something that they don't know much about? And you lost a lot of respect for them in the process. But we do the same thing. We go through our lives ready to sound off on our opinion, our our thoughts on every little thing, and we sometimes abuse the platforms that we've been given. Maybe your platform is you're a parent and you have children listening to you. Maybe you're a teacher and you have students listening to you. Maybe you're a manager or a boss. You have employees listening to you. Or you're a pastor and you have a congregation listening to you. And it's easy in those positions to just say, this is what I think. But sometimes the most effective leaders are the ones who listen. The most effective parents, teachers, bosses... Friends, neighbors, loved ones are the ones that are ready to listen before they speak. And yet we find it so hard to do so. But people need to be heard. All of us need to be heard. All of us long to be heard. All of us long to be understood. And if we jump into response mode before we truly listen, before we truly hear, we are negating that person's worth in that moment. And that can be a very dangerous thing. Sometimes we do this because somebody's telling us something and we think we know better. Immediately we hear a flaw in their reasoning and we want to say, okay, I, I see where you've got that wrong. Let me correct you. And then other times, maybe they say something and it stings. we feel a a little bit of an attack on ourselves or maybe a a big attack on ourselves. And we say, whoa, 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 I've got to to correct you because you're attacking me now. We get defensive. Whatever our motivation is for speaking instead of listening, it's often self-centered. It's often because we have placed our thoughts in that moment – our ideas, our voice in that moment ahead of the person who is trying to speak to us. This verse in James says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. And then it says, be slow to anger. It's kind of interesting because it equates that that slow to speak with the slow to anger. How many times have you gotten angry and just blurted back a response? You've never done that, right? (laughs) How many times have you been moved with compassion and with love and with mercy and with empathy and blurted out a response? That doesn't really happen. Because normally if you speak something out of empathy and out of compassion, it's had time to marinate there for a little bit. You've internalized what you're going to say. You've listened. You've taken it in. And now you're moved with compassion. And so you encourage, you exhort, you strengthen, whatever it may be, but it doesn't just blurt out in a knee-jerk reaction. Anger does that. Love and compassion doesn't. Love and compassion is quick to listen and slow to speak. But yet... We so often want to rush to the part where we give our opinion, our take on things, and we make it all about ourselves. This book that I told you about, Managing from the Heart, it tells the story of, uh, of Harry, uh, the, the manager at the refi- refinery. And there's this one part where the, the spirit lady is speaking to him. And um, she reminds him of something that happened a few weeks prior. She said, you were walking by this office and you saw one of your workers, Dan, who had his, his face down on the desk. And you walked by a little bit later and you saw that he was still there. You went in and you asked him what was wrong. And he told you that he wasn't feeling well. And he was about to open up with some stuff. But in that moment, you told him, if you don't feel well, you need to go home. But if you're well enough to be here, you need to get down there on the floor and oversee your people. And so Dan did. He complied. But she told Harry, Dan is struggling with alcoholism. And he's never shared that with anybody. And he was just about to share it with you. But in that moment, you made it about yourself. You made it about what you wanted Dan to do, and so you were able to even understand where he was coming from or what was going on in his life. And I know that's a fictional story, but again, this happens every day. In our own lives, you've probably experienced yourself where you're about to open up, you're about to tell somebody what's truly in your heart. You're about to to let some stuff out that you need to get out, and maybe you're talking to somebody that they're not hearing it. But then there's other times where maybe you've done the same. Maybe I've done the same. Someone comes to share something, and I've already got my mind set in another direction where this conversation needs to go. It takes pause. It takes grace. And it takes humility to be able to say, I'm going to be intentional in this moment and hear and understand what you have to say. Paul tells us in Philippians 2, verses 3, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Or as this translation says, value others above yourself. Now that doesn't mean walk around thinking, oh, I'm worthless, everybody else is better than me. That means take on a spirit of humility. Humility. Nobody's telling you that you have to change what you believe or what you think or what you value. But there is absolutely no harm ever in saying in this moment, I want to hear this person more than I want to express my own opinion, my own agenda. That's humility. And that's what we're encouraged to do as we walk and we grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if you go to the temple and you're worshiping, you're praising, you, you feel moved to this place of sacrifice. You want to go to the altar and leave a gift, but then it occurs to you that you've got some kind of conflict with your brother or your sister. You need to leave. You need to go and take care of that and then come back and worship, then come back and sacrifice. So what we see is God has truly cared really about the condition of our heart, That's the important thing here. And if you look at this this verse that we read in James, it equates being quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger. It equates that with righteousness. And James is actually talking, if you look at the the whole chapter there, he's talking about what the implanted word of God does in your heart, how it changes you, how it transforms you. And so James is saying this is fruit if you are slow to speak and quick to listen, if you are slow to anger and quick to humility and empathy, that's the righteousness of God being born and nourished and growing within you. And so we see how important that condition of our heart is. The heart principles, it's not so we can change other hearts. It's so that we can keep our own heart in check. You may be uh, familiar with the old trope from the horror movies. Uh, this one here was from uh, Scream, but there's there's a lot of other horror movies out there that have the same same trope. They're on the phone, they get the call, and then at some point in the call, they realize the killer's in the house, and it's a scary moment of revelation. But sometimes we look at the world, we look at all the division. <clears throat> All the voices that feel like they're coming at us from different angles, the voices of attack, assault. And then we realize that maybe the greatest danger is what's going on in here, the condition of our own heart. I want to go back to that psalm. we, we began with the service. I, I read to you a psalm from from 86. I only read a few verses of it, but that psalm, you know, it starts off. Uh, of course, this, this is just a section there in the middle. But the psalmist is, is saying, Lord, listen to my cry. Hear my supplication. I'm in trouble. In my trouble, I call out to you. And then you notice there at the, the end, he says, give me an undivided heart to revere your name. And, and, and if you look at that psalm, you realize the psalmist is in distress. And throughout, he's saying, I've got enemies that are coming after me. You know, defeat my enemies, knock down my enemies. People are trying to destroy me from the outside. But somewhere in the midst of this prayer, the psalmist realizes, but Lord, there's something in here that needs to be tended to. The condition of my heart needs to be tended to. And so Lord, even as you defeat the voices of evil that are trying to come at me, start right here with the condition of my heart. Make me more like you internally. To truly hear and understand each other means that we are willing to lay ourselves aside for a moment. To be intentional in making sure that the person that we are with, the person we are speaking to, is going to be heard and cared about. So that they know that we're not going to turn around and just make whatever they're saying all about ourselves. Nobody is asking you to change who you are. Nobody is asking you to compromise your values. Nobody is asking you to give up your morals. All the scripture is saying is be quick to listen, to hear, to understand, to empathize, to be able to say, I will listen to you and I will recognize where you are coming from and how you have arrived at whatever conclusion it is that you're trying to express We can only arrive at that place, that place of of mutual listening, holy conferencing, as John Wesley called it. We can only arrive at that place if the Holy Spirit is at work within us, conditioning our hearts and preparing us to hear and understand each other. May that be the goal of our hearts. May we all seek to hear and understand each other a little more clearly. Please pray with me. Lord, you know our tendency to speak before we hear, to shout before we hush. You know our tendency to take offense. And you know that we live in a world that promotes this uh, Counsel culture that if, if you say something I don't agree with, then, then I'm done with you. If I hear something that I don't agree with, then I'm taking my toys and going home. I'm going somewhere else. But Lord, that is not what you have called us into. That is not what it means to be a part of the family of God. It is not what it means to be in fellowship with one another. So we ask, Lord, that you prepare us to listen in the same way that you hear us because you know that there are many times we go to you and what we are saying is wrong. What we are saying can be foolish. Sometimes we cry out to you with all of our our worries and our fretting and it may be ridiculous, but you hear us and you love us and you show compassion and mercy to us. Lord, give us hearts and ears to listen to each other in the same way that you hear and listen to us. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in to our podcast. Please be sure to subscribe and check us out online at piercechapel.com. And now may you know the peace, the power, and the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ in your life. Go to love go to serve, go in peace, amen.